0: I was going to say good morning. (laughs) Does that tell you anything at all? Um, I am going to give my testimony first and I'm actually going to read my testimony because there's so many things that have happened in my life that are a testimony that I had to put it in the categories that God would give me to put it in and what to say. So I'm going to do that. Thank you, Christy, for inviting me and all of you for coming. I'm the third and youngest child born into an Italian Catholic family. I was a happy child with many warm memories of family trips and holidays until age 10 when a stranger entered my school building and I was molested. Police came and I was taken to the hospital. My thoughts were that I had done something wrong or that I had been bad. I remember feeling just ashamed because they kept asking me questions and I had no idea what really happened to me. Um, There were many visits to the police station to view lineups of men that I might recognize and I was told not to tell anybody about what happened. That's how things were handled uh, in those days. And I remember not being so happy anymore and becoming fearful um, with many many nightmares. Sickness was a part of my childhood. I had anemia, scarlet fever, allergies, and bronchial problems. And later, I was diagnosed with asthma. During my preteen years, my older siblings were married, leaving me as the only child at home. My mother, who had emotional problems, gradually grew worse and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. My dad didn't know how to handle her blow-ups and her anger, and he retreated to the corner bar more frequently to avoid dealing with her. Actually, nobody knew what to do with her. In those days, you just didn't know how to handle any of those kind of things when people had any kind of emotional problems. In looking back, I see that I always wanted and needed to have a boyfriend. So I ended up quitting school to get married the day after I turned 17 with my parents' approval. I wanted my own family, because I was going to have a better family than, than what they were, and I dreamed of living happily ever after. But I didn't get pregnant, so I worked for many years, even though my goals were not in a career, and my wish was to stay home and to raise a family drinking became a part of my life early in our marriage and it turned into an addiction my husband had his own addiction of gambling life was not turning out as i had wanted it to after several years we adopted a three-year-old adorable little girl and then a charming three-week-old baby boy within eight months of each other and then five years later as that's how it happens when you adopt children you get pregnant (laughs) how that's what they say that's how it works so five years later I became pregnant and we had another delightful son now we'd be a family and my dream was finally going to come true but instead our addictions worsened and I felt guiltier than ever before I had prayed for a family but now I wasn't taking them to church and I wasn't teaching them about God I was brought up as um Italian Catholic you went to church I went to Catholic school I went to Catholic high school so I do thank the Lord that my mom even though she had many different problems she really believed in God and she took me to church and she also took me to prayer like novenas and uh, we had a block rosary and she took me for that so I really credit her in spite of her emotional problems that she had a love for God in her heart, and she taught us about that. Um, I was drinking and driving with my children in the car, making many wrong decisions, and shame surrounded me again. I felt guiltier than ever before. My health deteriorated. I had many severe asthma attacks in spite of weekly allergy shots, and I was hospitalized frequently for breathing treatments and oxygen. My desire of a happy family did not materialize. We had many good times, but we battled a lot over my husband's addiction that had caused some big issues in our marriage, our family life, and our finances. Drinking was my answer. This time in our lives was very discouraging and depressing. At age 33, two friends shared with me about Jesus, and one of them happens to be here tonight. My friend Donna and her husband led me to the Lord. Um, So they talked to me about asking Jesus into my heart, and I did, and he did. And I had no idea what had happened to me because we weren't really taught. I never heard the word saved. I didn't know what a born-again Christian was. All I knew was I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and he did. And so that's what I would tell people. Miraculously, I was freed from alcoholism the day that I accepted Christ, which was another, you know, naturally I hung out with friends who drank, and then I didn't drink. And they were like, well, what's your problem? <laughs> well, I don't really have a problem. I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and he did. And they are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right, okay, hmm well... I thought for sure that now we were going to be fixed and we were going to be happy family because I had Jesus now, so everything was going to work out fine. Well, it didn't work that way. Uh We had many new difficulties since I was not drinking and I was attending church regularly. I was water baptized to some of my family's displeasure, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, and nobody really wanted to hear about that either. I felt that my loved ones would want to have what I had, but most did not. Some friends and family did accept Christ, and I felt that God had given me the scripture in Acts 16.31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved in your house. I expected it to happen quickly, and it has not turned out that way yet. So, 24 years later, the death of my marriage took place in the form of divorce. I was now 40 years old, we had lost everything in the course of the divorce and had bad credit. I went on welfare. My family didn't believe in divorce and nobody that I ever knew of was on welfare. I was ashamed again and feeling very guilty. I felt like a failure. I became more discouraged and I felt betrayed by some of the people that I felt I had been close to and I felt like they had abandoned me, but that was only my view of things of how I felt at that time. Fear of the future caused a lot of stress and I made more bad decisions and anger and bitterness filled my heart. I did go back to finish school and I did graduate. I worked three part-time jobs to get off of welfare. I was still raising one child. At one time, <laughs> I laugh when I think about this, I had, I played the organ in the church that I went to, so I had a nice organ, and somebody, and, but I didn't have a car, and somebody wanted the organ, and they told me they would trade the, their car for the organ. So that's what we did. <laughs> Um, friends helped us with food and gave me money to help with finances. I worked hard to get off of welfare, but then I didn't have any medical insurance, and I would get sick again, and then I had to be hospitalized with serious breathing issues, which caused me to go back on welfare again. One of the times I was ill, I went into respiratory failure, and I almost died. I believe that God spared me as my pastor's wife and my youngest son came and they claimed that it was not my time and they um, renounced the spirit of death and God answered their prayers. Even though my life seemed to be a continued mess, God still gave me tokens for good. During this time my children all had accepted Christ into their hearts. Our needs were always met. Our phone was never shut off or utilities. The rent was always paid. We eventually lived with other families from my church, and we were also able to live in one of my friend's uh, travel trailers for a season. I started a home daycare, I cleaned houses, and I took care of elderly ladies for finances. Finally, at age 48, I got a full-time job with a Christian-owned company. That job, along with babysitting, changed my financial situation. My asthma attacks diminished, and there were fewer hospital stays. God had given me a scripture from Isaiah 43.4. It says, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honorable and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for your life. This is a list of some of the ways that the Bible, that Bible verse was fulfilled in my life. God is amazing that you can be going through these difficult things and he does these wonderful things. One of the business owners where I was employed financed a trip for me to visit my oldest son as he graduated from law school in England. I was also given a trip to visit the former owner's ministry in Africa and be a part of their English speaking school. I ministered to children in orphanages and in hospitals, and I was able to pray with the children and with their mothers. I was invited to Honduras to stay with missionary friends and again had the opportunity to minister the word and be a part of their worship services. I was able to be at my daughter's graduation from a Bible school in Florida. I was given an extra dividend pay just in time to help my youngest son have a beautiful wedding celebration as he was married to my child. not my childhood sweetheart. His childhood sweetheart. <laughs> Although I was a child when I got married. so I was able to minister to my precious sister and my mom as they approached death. Gratefully, my brother would give me gas money to travel to family functions. Um, that was very embarrassing. Um, it felt terrible. I, my family was just not that way, and they had no understanding of me at all because I would just say things like, oh, yeah, well, God's going to take care of me, and they go, oh, yeah, right, he's sure taking care of you. Um, But he really did take care of me, and he used some of them to help me. Um, My brother did give me gas money, and then my wages were increased, and I was earning enough income to be able to meet our expenses with only one full-time job. Good things did happen. Along with those good things, there were years where God changed my heart one circumstance at a time. I had to learn to be truthful and obedient. I had to face the fact that I had to forgive many people. I had to see my bitterness, my self-pity, and my perfectionism. I had to acknowledge the disappointment I felt in myself, and I had to forgive myself. I had to recognize that I was very discouraged with some of my adult children's decisions, and I had to forgive my children. I had to acquire endurance with the right attitude as I faced my strained relationships. You know, I was telling somebody that this happened so many years ago, and when I read some of these things, every time I start crying, it just shows you how deep those things can just be inside of you. And if God doesn't help you and you don't allow him to help you to get them out, they just sit there and they just seep out. You know, bitterness seeps out. Um, Unforgiveness seeps out. I mean, I used to be sarcastic. And, you know, I could put a person down just like that. And we were drinking, and, you know, we were all loud. I came from an Italian family. And it comes out of you in different ways. So I do thank the Lord, you know, so many times that he... He changed all of that. He changed me. Um, I had to accept my part in the death of my marriage. I had to acknowledge my hatred of men who did not carry out their responsibilities. And I had to face being alone. And I know as a Christian, people say to you, well, you're not alone, God is with you. And I know that. Okay? But you want skin, you know, you want somebody to say, hey, you did really good today. And I'm not saying that everybody's husbands or mates do all of that. But you want to feel, I guess, approved or that you're loved by somebody. And um, it's just very different. I mean, you can be loved by your children. It's still a different situation. You can be loved by friends. So that was just how I felt. I was just alone. When I turned 60 years old, my youngest son was married, and all the children were out of the house. And I talked to God as I faced being alone. And I reminded him that being alone was not a part of my dreams. I thought I would get married again and I would be taken care of. Instead, the company I was working for now was closing their doors after 15 years of steady employment. My church of many years had major problems and I needed to leave after seeking Christian counseling. A failure again. I started pulling away from God, and that really got my attention. I had built a wall between God and myself. I didn't wanna talk to God about family, about church. I didn't wanna talk to him about feeling secure or a job. I was no longer needed as a mom and no longer needed at my church. And where was I gonna get finances from as my company was closing And you know, when you're 60 years old, that's not a good time to start over again. Um, It was very scary and fear of the future, insecurity in making decisions, it was scary. And I was ashamed and I was broken. At 63 years of age, I entered Reconciliation Ministries 20 week program for those who have past or present addictions and struggle with relational idolatry. I also became a part of, at that time it was called Theophostics. Mm-hmm. Now it's transforming prayer. But I became a part of that also with D. Stevens, and um, it was difficult. Um, it was very difficult. I, I felt very humiliated that, I, I think one time we had a prayer at Reconciliation Ministries, and I went up and I said... I am sixty-three years old, and I still don't have my life together. And I've been a Christian, and I thought that everything, you know, was going to be fixed. Then, but um, you know, they understood and they prayed with me, and um, and it was good. The program is good, and so is the transforming prayer. It's very good. I had to allow God to surface deep wounds of molestation and not telling anybody. I had to acknowledge the effect of my mom's emotional illness on my life, the effect of my dad's drinking and his choice to drink instead of helping me with my mom's illness, and more layers of unforgiveness. I had a new unforgiveness. As my oldest son estranged himself, from me for six years. My victim mentality had to change I've got some actually right here. Thank you for Thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, My victim mentality had to change along with my bitterness that emerged. I was now looking for another job which caused fear and stress, and I had to deal with keeping everything bottled inside. It was a habit. I, Even to this day, I have to go before God. I keep stress all inside, but I get sick in other ways. It doesn't come out in anger or where I get mad or whatever. I keep it inside and then, i get sick like i had shingles this year and i just feel that that's a part of it it's like your immune system that stress just does it so i've had to learn on a daily basis to just say lord when i'm stressed please just help me to face it and just let you help me um because i have found that if those things are just habits you just do them without even realizing And I kind of came from a family that it was like the show must go on. And I'm kind of a very responsible person. And at work, I've always had a lot of responsibility. So you're not able to talk to other employees. And I was always the bookkeeper, so you're not able to talk about finances either. So you have to still keep everything all to yourself, which seemed to be difficult for me until I could really get a grip of things and let God help me to rest in him. And I did find people to talk to that I could trust. Um, So God did help me in that way. Um, I had to deal with hating myself and I had to confess many old, incorrect mindsets. Um, It was very humbling, and it brought many tears, and I had to continue to be honest about myself and persevere. In 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. I have prospered in many ways I am turning 77 this year, and I am able to embrace contentment even though I've remained single for 35 years, and I have lived alone for many years. Now, that's an accomplishment, to be able to say that you're content with what you dreaded, what you always told God, please, whatever you're going to do with me, I don't want to be alone. And yet he is able to take that very worst thing that I didn't want, and to give me a contentment in it. Um, That's how God works. Uh, I do have natural prosperity. I am currently enjoying financial stability. I've owned my own home for 16 years. I've been employed as a bookkeeper for a Christian-owned company. I am semi-retired, working only two days a week. My health has prospered. Zero hospital occurrences in many years. I do not have asthma. (laughs) They told me at one time in my life (coughs) that I would never be able to do half of what a normal person would be able to do in a day. That is not true. (laughs) I am old enough and still working and still do a lot of things. I'm, it's amazing to me. It really is. Um, okay. I am dearly loved by my six wonderful grandchildren, two of which I discovered that I had after my estranged son and I reconciled. I've been attending C3 now for 14 years and I've had spiritual prosperity. Peace dominates my heart. I find hope in the fact that God trusts me and brings other women into my life to be a godly influence in their lives. As spoken at our Christmas fellowship by Aaron Ojensky about women's identity and purpose, God has caused me to be content with his purposes and I'm pleased to be who I am in him. I have found that my value came when I found my identity in Christ. Knowing one's purpose in Christ gives us meaning for being alive and gives us a peace in aligning ourselves with God's big picture. As Pastor Tim said a couple Sundays ago, truth cannot change our history, but it can change and renew our identity. I thought that was so neat because that's really what it is. You have to face truth about you, about some of your circumstances, maybe how you've looked at things. Um, You have to be honest, and you have to be truthful. In 1 Peter 5.10, it says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore confirm, strengthen, and establish you, and God has done that for me, and I want to encourage you that in life and in our Christian walk, we may make wrong decisions that affect our families and others around us. Others can also cause us struggles, which includes disappointments and deep hurts. If we cooperate with God, he can create a depth in our character that is out of the ordinary for the good. Our struggles can refine us. Our decision for Christ offers us many second chances. In Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against the powers of darkness. Satan loves to get young children on a different journey of life than what God intended. God can change the, effects, change the effects of traumas, disappointments, and sufferings that have changed our lives if we let him. Wrestling would not be considered my favorite sport. I don't even really like fighting. I stay away from conflict whenever possible. I remind God, you know I wanted to be a princess, not a warrior. <laughs> and the funny thing is... Um, A couple of meanings of my name, Louise, is famous in war and renowned warrior. God knows us and has his plans for our lives, even in our mother's womb. I had to learn to fight the enemy to get my life back to where God intended it to be. And we are daughters of the king, so we really are a princess, all of us. Now, these are some practical ways that I found that worked for me in wrestling. And Christine, I talked about this earlier, wrestling, you know, it's not like you just get in a fight and you punch the person out and it's over and done with. Wrestling is going back and forth and back and forth. It's two opponents who are striving to overcome the other one. So. When we talk about wrestling, that's what we mean. Um, We do have to spend daily time with God. Now, some are young moms, and you have young children at home, or you have a husband to take care of, you have family members, some are taking care of your parents, you're working. I realize this, that I'm single, and I have more time to meet with God, but... We do have to purpose to cut time out of our week to spend with God. We cut time out for a lot of things. We cut time out for shopping. We cut time out if somebody calls us and says, hey, you want to go to dinner tonight? Oh, okay. We do. We have to get into the practice of cutting time to spend with God because what the enemy will do, you'll never have time. And you'll keep telling yourself you don't have time. But you do have time. It's just that you have to learn to cut it out somewhere and say, No, on such and such a day, for a half an hour, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read the Word. Um, I do have this. um, At one time, I read like five psalms and one proverb every day. So the five psalms will get you through to 150 in 30 days. It was a good way of getting into a habit. It didn't take that long. You just get into better habits than you had before. Um, I do Bible studies every once in a while on my own. I can't always attend the Bible studies that are in different facilities, so I do them on my own. I don't do them exactly like they do in the Bible study group, but I do a page a day or a page a week, whatever is good, and it does help. It still gives you something you're putting into yourself. You're putting God into yourself. We put a lot of other things into ourselves, and um, I've just found that it works well. I do use this formula It's ACTS, A-C-T-S, and the first, the A is for adoration, and so when I want to spend time with God, I have, I guess it is a formula, and I mean, yeah, sometimes I mix it up, and it's fine. God doesn't care, but you need to spend time to worship, not just on Sunday when you're here in the band. We have YouTube. You can find any kind of music you want on YouTube, You can find soaking uh, music. You can find worship music. You can find country music. You can find anything on YouTube. So we do have, I'm sure everybody has a phone, and most of us have some kind of an iPad or a computer. Um, So we need to look those things up. Um, If you don't have those things, sing your own song to God. You know, it says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say you have to have a beautiful voice. Just make a joyful noise. That's all God's looking for. The second one is C, which is confession. And, you know, we need to get into a habit of confessing more. I was a part of um, Pensacola revivals. And when I went to their services, every service, they did confession. Every service was repentance. And they had revival. And I mean, every service was wonderful. Um, As Christians, I don't know, I guess we just get out of the habit. We think we're saved and everything's fine. But, you know, we really do sin every day. We get mad. We get discouraged. um, we, We get mad because we have to stand in line too long. We're driving and we can get angry. We have a hard time forgiving certain people. Uh, We speak words of death instead of life. We have evil communication. We gossip. We get discouraged. Um, I found that a lot of times my discouragement comes from unbelief. So then I've learned to confess unbelief. God, I do have unbelief. I am weary in well-doing, but I do have unbelief, Lord. Help me with that unbelief, and he will he will He will do it. Um, we carry bitterness, we hate sometimes our own circumstances. we covet other women's lives. We wish we we wish we had what they had or what somebody else has. We need to ask God to show us if we have any hidden sin in our hearts. We have walls. We have walls in our hearts. And sometimes we don't even realize it. We need to ask God, God, help me to take down the walls. Do I have do I have sin, a hidden sin that I don't know about? Do I need to forgive anybody? I've done this so many times because I always think I've forgiven. I must have forgiven everybody, Lord. There can't be more. But you know what? I can I can sit down at the table, put my head down, and close my eyes and say, Okay, Lord, is there anybody else I need to forgive? There's always somebody. Whether it's at work, if it's your mate, if it's one of your kids, the neighbor, the neighbor who keeps his dirty garbage out, you know, where you don't like it, whatever it is. Every time. There's never been a time when God has not given me somebody that I need to forgive. We, do, we don't We do even think about it. We just kind of carry it inside. Well, it's no big deal, you know, so I got over it, okay? But yet, when we see that person, if you see a person and you don't really want to talk to them, you probably have something to work on. So the next one is T. The axe is A-C-T, Thanksgiving. We need to thank God. For all the times that He's rescued us, for all, for everything that He's forgiven us of, His never-ending love and kindness—we have much to be thankful for. We live in a country. If you've ever been to foreign countries, you try taking a bath and washing your hair there; you get drips of water a lot of time. We are so blessed. We can get in the shower or the tub, turn it on. Turn. We have new. Uh, shower heads. You can make it any way you want it. We do. We, we live like rich people used to live. I mean, I'm a single woman, and I can honestly say that I live like rich people used to live. When I was a kid, we used to go down Jefferson Avenue and look at the homes. Those people were rich. They had a dishwasher. Now, who here... We all have dishwashers now. They had televisions, more than one. I have three, okay? Phones, you know? They had those, they were old type, but they had phones. How many phones do we have? And what do, what are we able to see on our phones? We do live like rich people used to live many, many years ago, um, Pastor Tim once counseled me. um, I have a problem with looking at the negative of everything. It's much easier for me to see all the bad things than to see the good things. Um, And I was counseling with him one time, and he said to me, "Um, you know, you have a lot of losses. It's it's time to look at some good things. And he uh, encouraged me to do a 30-day journal every day. I would write in there what I was grateful for. And, you know, again, it's habits. It's mindsets. It works. It worked. It helps me. Whenever I get back into that, sometimes I have to do another journal. To me, that's wrestling. I'm going to wrestle with the enemy because he's not going to bring me back to where I was. God has brought me this far. I am not going back and it does take wrestling and it does take fighting um the last part is the s for supplication when we talk about spiritual warfare this year to me we are in one of the most severe spiritual warfare not only in America, in the heavenlies, in Michigan, Christianity is at stake in our lives. And I'm not saying that to scare anybody. It's the truth. When you can't, I mean, thank the Lord. Okay, now we can say Merry Christmas. We were supposed to say Happy Holidays last year. There are many things that, um, again, I think because we have such an abundance of things, it doesn't seem like we could lose out on the freedom of Christianity. But um, I just feel like there's major warfare. And we're feeling those effects. We will be in warfare, we will have to wrestle. We, the Bible says to pray for your leaders, to, um, and so we're supposed to pray for the government, for our leaders in America, in Michigan, um, the persecuted church. Talk about having things rough, uh, missions, Israel, church leaders, ministries, families in distress in our own church, our own families, our own friends, ourselves souls. There's many things to ask God help for. Um, and we do need to intercede. We need to intercede for America, to intercede for um, a country that seems to be going into more of godlessness rather than godly. Um, we do need to pray. Um, In Jeremiah 29, 11, a familiar scripture, I know the plans I have for you to prosper and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. We see it on plaques. It's a beautiful scripture. But the next one in 13 says this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When we search with all of our heart, God will answer He will, whatever it is you need to know, he will tell you. Um, We need to ask God to take down the walls that hinder us. We need to surrender to his ways and ask him for help. He will. We need to be obedient to what he says to do. If if he's telling us to change, we need to change. There was a time when I was a worship leader. (laughs) And the, and the song we had was change me Lord, change me Lord and I wouldn't sing it I wouldn't even sing it in the congregation let alone lead it because I had moved I don't know how many times my whole life had changed everything was uprooted it was like I, be, I would tell people oh no, you sing songs you sing those pretty words God hears that I don't want any more changes so I am not singing that song well, just recently, um, I, I played the piano. And so I started doing some worship, and I started singing that song. I want him to change me. I want to know what ways do I need to be changed to the Lord. I don't want to say, oh, no, I'm not gonna, I don't want to change anymore. I've changed enough. No, I want him to change me. We need to be obedient. To whatever he tells us. Uh, I found that when I was not hearing what he was saying or not understanding what he wanted me to do, there were times when I would fast for three days or five days. That doesn't have to, it doesn't mean you have to fast food the whole day or whatever. You can fast from goodies. I fast from social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, um, my iPad. Uh, Television, you know, there's different things. I normally try to ask God, and I had never learned this before. Somebody shared this. Why don't you ask God what he wants you to fast? Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) Oh, okay. So now I do that. God, what do you want me to fast from? And he tells me, and he answers. Um, Another time, three of us, two of my friends and myself, for a year our ch- most of our children of the three of us were not serving god and they had all been brought up in the church and we were and they were grown up <laughs> and they didn't want to hear what we had to say <laughs> and they wouldn't listen because their lives were not going well and they didn't want to hear our wisdom of why your life is not going well so we had to learn to be quiet like zip zip the mouth and we fasted for a year once a week and we didn't get together we just made a decision okay on Thursday (laughs) we're going to pray and fast for our children and we did and five months after that year my estranged son called me and we reconciled, and we visited. He lives in Alaska. He ran away as far away as he could get. Um, but I went there, and that's when I you know, got to meet, for the first time, my two grandchildren that I didn't know I had. Praying and fasting, to me, is more of searching with your heart. Because now you're a little bit more serious than just saying, oh God, you know, would you help me? When you're praying and fasting, when you keep yourself from <coughs> some of the flesh things, um, it, it helps your spirit. It's like you do get more in tune to God. Um, when you don't know what to pray about uh, or how to pray, our spirit knows what's needed. Praying in tongues lets our spirit do the praying for what is needed being baptized in the holy spirit speaking in tongues is available to everybody if desired. Now I'm not saying you have to be, but this is another way that I have found. I don't know Lord, I don't know what to pray about. <coughs> and I can start praying in tongues and I find that he even gives me some new tongues or some new things and it does something. It does something to the atmosphere. I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you it's this, but it just cuts through something. Seek counseling if you need it. Don't hide your weaknesses. He is strong when we are weak. It says that in Second Corinthians twelve ten. It's time to fight. <coughs> For our identity and our purpose in Christ so that we are able to give others the keys to find their identity and purposes in Christ even in prayer we can pray for our children God I want them to fulfill the purposes that they were born for they were born for a purpose you were born for a purpose um, I have this one example and then I have one scripture and then I will close I was vacuuming It was January 1st. And I normally ask the Lord, Lord, (coughs) okay, you know, do you have a word for me for 2019? Or do you have a, a psalm you want me to read or a chapter? And he never gave me anything. I never, I didn't get an answer from him. So I'm vacuuming. It's January 1st. And the vacuum cleaner wasn't working correctly. So I stopped it. Turned it over, I have a shark, so it's not super heavy. Turned it over, and I I looked at the brushes. Okay, the brushes have a lot of hair on them, okay. Well, I couldn't get the thing open to get to the brush. So I thought, well, I'll go get the book. Okay, I got the book on the vacuum cleaner. Okay, I got the hair off and everything. Well, as I'm looking at the vacuum cleaner, I noticed this this little uh, pocket in the front It's got a little lid on it. Oh, it comes up. Oh, there's a filter in there. I didn't even know there was a filter in there. Okay, I can clean that filter now. Okay, so then I, when I'm reading the book, the book says, oh, unplug the vacuum cleaner. Oh, yeah, that would be a good idea. Unplug the vacuum cleaner. Okay. Then uh, the shark, my shark anyway, has uh, like a canister that you take out. And you can open it up and you can dump it out and you can get rid of everything, but it also has sponges and a filter in it. So I thought, well, this would be a good time to wash those out and take care of those, so I did that. Well, then as I'm reading the book, I noticed, you know, this top comes off of this other little part, (laughs) and I took it apart, and it was like, oh, now I can even clean it better, because I can get in all those little crevices and everything. After I got done, it was like, "Well, Lord, I'm, you know, I guess I haven't cleaned the vacuum cleaner in a while." But you know what was, what was the purpose for that? And um, this is what I felt He said to me. This is what I want to do. In my people, I want to clean. I want to. Deep clean. Did you ever clean out that that icky thing in the bottom of your refrigerator? (coughs) You pull it out. It's bad, right? Okay, that. That's what God wants to do. I believe that's what he wants us to do. He, He wants us to unplug from the world or from whatever it is, the busyness, He wants us to just step apart just every once in a while. You know, the reason that I did the vacuum cleaner and turned it over is because I felt like there was just a little something wrong. It was working, but it just wasn't working correctly. Well, when we feel something wrong, instead of going, oh, yeah, well, I've been that way all my life, Or we go, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I don't have time to think about this. We need to unplug and say, God, what is this in here? What? What? This is not too nice. Or or maybe we get angry out on the road, and after we're done, we go, wow, where did that come from? Okay? There's stuff in there. We need to allow God, and we need to ask God, God. What is it? He will show you. He has always shown me what I needed to change in, always, whenever I ask. And if I don't hear it right away, like I said, there have been times when I do some praying and fasting, and I'm, I'm not any better than any other lady Christian here. I have fears. I, I don't like conflict at all. I turn right when I'm driving so I can go around the block maybe to turn left because I don't like the traffic. Um, People always think for some reason that I have it together, and I think it's from my upbringing. My upbringing was like that as far as the show must go on. My mom had many problems, but, but my parents taught me many good things. Um, and, and they were hard workers. Um, we need to just put those things into effect no matter who we are. I have, I, I panicked tonight coming here. Um, as it got closer, I got a little more panicky. We all have fears. We all have things that we panic over. We all have times that we need encouragement. We all have times when we get depressed. God will help us with it. Um, in Psalm 91:13, it says, "You will tread on the lion and the cobra. you will trample the great lion and the serpent." That's some heavy fighting. When you talk about tread, it says, "You will. Tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Well, we need to be prepared for that. We need, you know, we do exercise so that we can get a little bit stronger. Well, we need to exercise spiritually also so that we can get a little bit stronger. And I feel that as you intentionally fight and wrestle and tread the powers of darkness that are against us you will find victory, and God will help you. In Psalm 108.13, it says, Through God we will do valiantly, for he shall tread our enemies. Trust him to fight for you. And again, I want to encourage you. I love the saying that Winston Churchill, quote, Never, 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 never give up. That should be how we are. I'm um, Like what Christy talked about, I can't imagine going what she's gone through in these last, I don't know how long, okay? But she didn't give up, even, even when they wanted to, okay, so that's, what she said was great, have a 10-minute pity party, okay, God, I don't like this, because I've gone to God and said, you know, I don't like this at all, I don't know what you're doing, I wish you would tell me, and I know you're in control, okay? Sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes we need to allow ourselves to have a little pity party and then say, okay, don't we tell little kids that? I worked in a daycare. What we tell little kids or what we tell our children, we need to put into our spiritual walk. Okay. Tie your shoes, get up, you're okay, come on, you can keep going. That's what we need to do. Um, God is faithful and true, and he will help you. Every one of us, God loves, and he will help us. And thank you for listening. Thank you. well that was great thank you so much for that for sharing that with us